Hey folks, welcome to the podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everybody. And what a week, well two weeks, because Pope Benedict the Sixteenth died, I guess it was last week that he died, uh, last year. I can't remember, we're, we're so off, I don't, I don't even remember. remember. I think it was It Monday. was last weekend that I got the news. Like Saturday or something. Okay, that's right. It was it was the last day of the year. And yeah, it was the last day of the year. We had not started the New Year's party yet. Right. So And he was buried yesterday. Yeah. And I, I don't I mean the reason we didn't record on Wednesday is just because we were busy. I did want to yeah. I wanted to see what everyone else said about the whole thing before we recorded. Not I just I just didn't want to repeat a lot of the same stuff, but you know here's the thing. I, I like I remember when Pope John Paul II died, how much mm-hmm. of a kind of a shock it was. And I got to be honest, I I was more upset by what happened to Father Pavone than uh Pope Benedict dying. You know? I am too. I mean, I, I mean, in a in a way, Pope Benedict, he, okay, from the point of view of concern for him, his soul, okay, you know, eternal rest granted to him, a Lord. We pray for his soul. You know, we we have that great concern that, yeah. that you know we do for anybody who dies. That's that's you know that that die is cast. It's going to land where it's going to land, and he is either uh, on his way to eternal happiness or suffering eternal damnation we you know we don't think yeah. it's the latter we think it's probably the former but um but in terms of relevance to the life of the world and the life of the church pope benedict had kind of ceased to be a a figure yeah and it it seems Some like a lot ago. of people were holding on to some kind of hope that he was like I don't know, save the day at the last minute. Or maybe Pope Francis would die first, so then it would raise all these weird questions. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, I don't know. <laughs> and, but, do you, I mean, it, you know, it could he could still. It, it, you know, it's like, I, I always, like, moments like this, I remember that um, one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars, the original movie, oh. when Darth Vader and um, uh, Alec Guinness, who did he play? Obi-Wan are yeah. fighting. And Obi-Wan says, you can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. When Pope Pope Benedict appears to Pope Francis and says, Pope Francis, use the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, I mean, the... I don't know. It's tempting to think of Pope Francis as Darth Vader, though, in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, who who the Luke Skywalker is going to be. The movie I keep thinking about more is uh, Timothy Gordon's um, mention of Jurassic Park with the little girl kind of in disbelief because the adult, the one who's, you know, when you're a kid, adults are a certain thing and you expect mm-hmm. them to behave a certain way when they don't. It's kind of a shock to the system. Like, 
Yeah. I, I remember my kids, my kids thought adults don't sin. And that's why they don't see a whole lot of adults going to confession. Going to confession. Oh, you know, okay. Like, well, yeah, all the kids got to go to confession because we're bad. We sin all the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And I'm like, no, Thomas, adults sin more than kids. <laughs> Probably more, uh, if not more often, than more grievously. Right. Um, but, you know, our Pope, we expect to protect us from certain things. And Pope Benedict did not do that. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I keep hearing about the things he did do, the things he did do. Yeah. He gave us, uh, some more pontificum, but for a brief time, it was brief, but I, I look, that was enough that started a fire. No, you can't, you can't act like that didn't do something. Yeah. You know, I, I let's say well, that never the- happened. Think Where would we be now? Uh, during the, the 2020 and 2021, the, the COVID lockdowns and how many people, uh, discovered and, and became fans of, um, the traditional mass that would, never would have happened with, without Simone Pontificum. Right. Yeah. And that, that, and that fanned the flame that was already there because um, because of what he did all over the country, and, and it, I'm not discounting the the work of you know podcasters and you know people like uh, Timothy Gordon and and Taylor Marshall, who who also helped fan that flame. But but the flame was lit by Pope Benedict. At least I I think it was. I mean, there was a spark before that. I mean, I was attending the the Tridentine Mass before Pope Benedict came. Yeah, I mean, if and you it wasn't SPX analogy that the the you know if the uh, I, you can take analogies too far, but it's kind of like if you think of a grill and you've got the coals and the and, and everything, and they're okay. There's they're burning. There's kind of a flame there, and then you yeah. come along and. You open the the um, the airports to let oxygen flow in. That's kind of yeah. like what Samorum Pontificum was. Yeah, I think so. But I think so, it, we touched on this last podcast, or one of the most recent podcasts. Um, I think there's something else he did that's an even bigger deal. Um, and... Before we talk about that, I wanted to talk about uh, St. John Bosco in, you know, St. John Bosco was, he was that pre, that priest who, who started all the orphanages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, He was a visionary, or at least he had visions. Right. And I know that. He was a, a mystic. Not all saints who have visions are necessarily from God. I mean, right. There are visions out there that people predictions and stuff like that, that people kind of, uh, follow that. I don't really agree with. Yeah. I think like the three days of darkness, I, I I just don't, I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. Where did that come from? I mean, I don't know. There was a there saint. Was, I mean, there, there's a mention of it in Revelation, but I, you know, Revelation is so you, you can't, you yeah. can't treat that 
li- literally in in the same sense. There was a saint, a mystic, who had some kind of vision, and she explained it that way. I think if that that's oh, okay, but that's just one of them. There's several that I think, eh, maybe you just had a dream. You know, <laughs> there's there's nothing wrong with that being the case. Uh, John Bosco. Again, maybe maybe he was just having dreams. He had dreams that there were a bunch of kids who were behaving badly, and Jesus and Mary told him, take care of these kids. So that's mm-hmm. what he did. But maybe maybe it was heavy in his heart that he ought to be doing that anyway, you know? And that's why right. he had the dream, and that's why he did what he did. But he yeah. had other that dreams that were more predictive um, that seemed to have come true without him actually making them come true. Did he describe these as dreams or as, uh, as like waking visions? He would describe them as dreams. As, oh, okay. As far as I could so tell. So he was honest about it. Like, yeah. I had a dream. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't do hours of research. I, I listened to that, who, that Penny, that, that couple who used to do the, the Saint, uh, specials on it. They had little books. Penny and something. I can't remember their names. Maybe Penny was their last name. There's an old oh, man okay. and an old woman. But I listened to that on John Bosco because I already knew the story. So I listened mm-hmm. to that to refresh myself before we talk today. But anyway, he... There are also a lot of miracles surrounding him and his work. But specifically in uh, 1862, he had a dream of a giant flagship, which he took to mean the church, because it was being steered by a pope, mm-hmm. and it was under heavy attack. And he described the attack from being both from like bombs and bullets, but also from pamphlets and books. Oh, okay. and the ship seemed like it was about to sink um at one point one of the the pope steering it it it, i didn't quite get how he described it if he said from the way i heard it the pope died but maybe the pope just disappeared i don't know and right away another pope took his place um and then there were two large pillars one pillar was the eucharist and the other pillar was mary and the ship sailed between them and tied off to these pillars and all the enemies started uh, sinking and, and I guess attacking each other and eventually fled. So that was more or less the vision. And when I think about that, I think about the fact that um, I guess the, the message there is that the Eucharist and Mary will save the church. I think if it's an actual prophecy, that's at least what we ought to be getting out of it, at least before it happens anyway. But I do think about the fact that in 1970, um, we got the Novus Ordo. We all know now, at least, not we all, people like you and I and a lot of other people now know how bad that is, the Novus Order itself. But right. that's that's one thing. The other thing is that 
the Novus Ordo was given to the English-speaking church, and we mistranslated it. Not just mistranslated, but actually mistranslated the words of consecration. Or at least, maybe. Because I remember looking into this. Um, I mean, I, if you heard our podcast last week, you know that I was I was kicked out of the uh, TLM. So I had to go to the Novus Ordo, and I absolutely hated it. But I kept looking at those words of consecration, where in the Latin Mass, number one, the words are kind of set apart when you're reading them in the Missal. Yeah. This is the cup of my blood, blah, 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 for you and for many unto the remission of sins. Mm -hmm. That is when the bells are rung, and that is when the priest bows down and genuflects. To me, that means those are the words of consecration. Right. Once he says those words, it's the body and blood of Christ. So, in the English Mass, he was saying, this is the cup of my blood which will be given up for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. That's very different from you and for many. Yeah. I mean, the, they have different meanings. So, at least we can say the words of consecration were not translated correctly. Right. Now, it, and, and this is something, it's really hard to find a lot of, um, let's say, deep theological treatment of this. If, if there's any point, um, any sacrament in which the, the words are important, are like, extra important to get them right this would be the one now you know we we have examples like for example baptism well in like okay we we know that anybody can baptize you don't even have to be christian you don't have to be baptized yourself in order to baptize somebody right if somebody wants baptism you can baptize them but you do have to follow the form you've got to pour the water on the head you've got to pour the water with the invocation of each of the persons of the Trinity and you've got to, you know, invoke the father and the son and the Holy spirit, that interior, uh, um, naming of them that names them relative to each other. So for example, priests who would say, I baptize you in the name of the creator and of the, what like this yeah. redeemer and the sanctifier, whatever those baptisms invalid. Right. Or, and that's happened cases, recently. Yeah. And, and, or, you know, like there were some where, where like the priest would invite the people to join and, or he himself would say, we, we baptize, baptize yeah. you. Invalid. Yeah. Boom. Now, that's just baptism. Okay. That is the entry. It's kind of like the, the, the hinge of all the other sacraments in the sense that it's the entry into the church. Um, you don't get any of the other sacraments without baptism, at least, you know, in terms yeah. of their, their valid efficacy for your soul. But that's just baptism. When you come to the Holy Eucharist, the, the very person of the second person of the Blessed Trinity, you would think, okay, even more so do we need to pay attention to what is needed in the words. But if you go and, and like do like internet Google style research on this, all you're going to find is 
not very deep theological treatment. Right. In fact, not deep at all. That simply says, well, as long as the priest says the equivalent of this is my body, this is my blood, or this is the cup of my blood, that's sufficient for the words and the surrounding words around that or near to it or, you know, the additional words that have, that have traditionally been considered part of it don't matter. Yeah. Now, I personally, I, tend to skew that way in my own view of things. But I'm pointing out that there's a real problem that it has not been thought about and developed theologically even as deeply as baptism has been. Yeah. And it, it ought to be treated more deeply and more thoughtfully than baptism. I thought so. I, I remember researching it, and um, I remember, like, Mom had told us... The priest has to say, this is my body and this is the cup of my blood. Those are the words of consecration. I said, well, where did you find that? Well, she was told that by her priest growing up. I'm she like, told okay. that by her nun teacher growing up. Yeah. So or, I, you know, depend on, you know, it's, but stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay, so yeah, you, that's what you learned. But when the, I, you know, dove into <laughs> it, I couldn't find anything definitive. Mm-hmm. And again, since. Since the priest does take time to genuflect at a certain point, I just considered those to be the words of the consecration. Because that's right. when we ring the bells. That's when everybody stops what they're doing and pays attention. So, to me, I look at the words of consecration in the English Mass for 40 years. I don't think we had a valid Mass. In the English-speaking world. In the English-speaking world. Because I think in other languages, they may have translated it correctly. Right. But for some but, reason... I mean, one of the biggest parts of the world, one of the single biggest parts of the world for the Mass is the English-speaking. Right. I don't even know if... It, I, I mean, I, I guess we're not, we're not the most numerous, but we no. probably were the most... We probably did say more Masses than the rest of the languages. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you got some American neighborhoods. There are four. There are four Catholic churches within walking distance from my house. Yeah, every I single know. one of those has at least one mass a day. Some of them two or three. No excuse for missing mass. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I go. I'm I'm kicked out of the Latin mass, and I remember um, arguments with other TLMers and them saying, no, those are not valid masses. They don't have the words of consecration right. And then Pope Benedict stepped in in 2011 and corrected the translation yeah. so that now it says for you and for many. So I, I do know one thing. The TLMers that I argued with could no longer make that argument. Well, now it is correct. So, I that's true. The argument just went on to something else. That I guess really what we have now is just like it, it's okay. It's it's a valid math. So what? It's not as good. But I would say that if the English speaking world was without valid consecration for forty years, and then it suddenly had it, 
I would say that's the spark. And if you look at the timelines, that is around the time that the TLM really took off. Well, it it kind of coincides with his motu proprio. So maybe, who's to say which one did all the work? But I firmly believe that him correcting the mass in every single English-speaking church is what actually started that fire. Mm-hmm. More than the motu proprio. That's my and feelings on what Pope Benedict it's did It's kind of interesting, us. too, because I, it seems to me, I, I remember doing a, a quick research, because and, and this was relevant to one of our podcasts. I forget which one and why we were talking about it, but I looked at the question of where are the traditional masses available in all the various parts of the world? How, you know, how, how dense is TLM availability? And it's like, there's more in the United States than anywhere else. There's something about American culture and maybe Americanism. I don't know that, uh, that is receptive to the TLM. Yeah. That is, is not there in as high a degree in other parts of the world. So, if your theory is correct, then once we had the Eucharist in the English-speaking world, well, what's the biggest part of the English-speaking world? Heaven's sakes, it's the United States of America. Right. Then that also became a prompting, uh, uh, a, a influx of grace to the United States where that whatever it is, that, that readiness for the TLM that, that, that is already part of us was able to take hold. And so it became more and more and ever growingly popular. And and as we know, one of the problems that Pope Francis has with the TLM is that Americans love it so much. Yeah. I mean, we've already been told that. Yeah. And, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, and we do know that Pope Francis is going to continue to try to stifle the TLM. But no matter what he does at this point, I think the cat's out of the bag. I don't think there's any going back. Yeah. Americans know now, oh, hey, this is better. This is a lot better. <laughs> and yeah, not... <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe if he eliminated it, maybe some people would jump over to SSPX. Maybe some people would just bide their time and wait. But I really think it would just be a wait because the bishops know that we know and they can't put the cat back in the bag. That's just... Right. We know. The same way uh, we know that the vaccine kills people now. We know that now. And Yeah, I mean, the CDC can do all of their get your boosters that they want, but people know. know. And there are... Some people hanging on to that blue pill for all they can. And it's like, okay, whatever you do that. But the rest of us are going to, we're going to proceed on this other basis that we know to be true. And it'll serve us if we continue to fight for that. And that's what's going on in America, especially with the cat, with the uh, Latin well, maps. So here's the thing that you're okay. What you just said, um, kind of brings me to what I wanted to bring up as 
uh, part of the legacy of um, Pope Benedict and specifically the legacy yeah. of his res- resignation. Um, so you brought up Timothy Gordon um, in reference to the, you know, because Timothy Gordon is very bitter about Pope Fran- uh, Pope Benedict resigning and, and how he, you know, like he's it's like yeah. the adult in who, I am who too. left yeah. us in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I agree. But, um, and it could feel like that, but it could also, I mean, I, I could actually see it. Okay. Luke Skywalker was really, but a kid in star Wars too. And Obi-Wan left him in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Let me make a, not an argument that Pope Benedict was doing things with pure motive. He may have been acting out of whatever, out of fear, out of, out of any number of things, but. Let's think about for a minute what would the church look like today if Pope Benedict had remained pope till today. First of all, we would still be operating under Sumorum Pontificum. I don't believe that in the last, you know, however many years um you know that that we've been under the Francine Franciscan whatever you call it reign that I, I don't believe that he would have moved a whole lot further in the direction of the TLM in terms of like, you know, saying, okay, yeah. it's going to take priority over the, the, you know, new mass or anything like that. That none of that would have happened. If okay. he had remained Pope, I, I got to think that maybe we would think of the church today, the way we thought of the church a few months before he resigned, which was what? extremely blue pilled. That is true. One of the legacies of the Francis pontificate is that we are now red-pilled about the church. We know for a fact there are evil cardinals. There are evil bishops. And they are the ones who occupy the most powerful positions within the church. We know this now. We would not know this if Benedict had not resigned. Now, that is very is true. It, is it possible that, okay, let's say Benedict had had the, the stamina and the uh, uh, fortitude that, you know, to, no, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to stand my ground, whatever. Okay. Well, I don't know what, what went on behind the scenes to make him resign, but, you know, is it possible that God could have fixed everything in the, you know, behind the scenes so that we would never know and the church would have recovered on its own. It's like, like you have a cancer inside and yeah. it somehow miraculously heals itself and you never know that it was there to begin with. That's it's possible. God can work that way. That's usually not how he does things though. No, that's the thing. When God makes miracles, he does them for our benefit. He, he makes it visible to us so that we can learn to rely on him. And in this case, we're learning, oh, we, we got to rely on Christ, on the Mass, on the Eucharist, on Mary, the Mother of God, not on this particular Pope that we think is cool. That is true. We, I, I, If Pope Francis had not become Pope, I think there would be less, I don't think the love for the Eucharist would be as great as it is right now. Because yeah, it never would have right. been threatened the way it is right now. And, I mean, yeah, I don't think he had this in mind, but it does end up being part of what Pope Benedict did. 
He yeah. introduced I, I mean, us it, even if to he didn't have it reality. in mind. I can see that maybe God had it in mind. Sure. I mean, God knows what you know. Whatever it is, like I said, that that got Pope Benedict to resign. Well, whatever pressures were there, God knew his breaking point, and obviously brought him to that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's something to think about. So with Pope Benedict, some of the definite things that happened is, number one, uh, we corrected the English Mass. Mm-hmm. And my my big thing was the words of consecration themselves. Because the rest of it wasn't worth correcting. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, so yeah, what? It's like, okay, well, it, it sucks so much. Who cares whether you got those words wrong? But... I mean, they they screwed up the confidior in the Latin. Yeah. Why did they mess with that? What what was that all about? That was about? dumb. <laughs> and again, they took away the prayers at the foot of the altar and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. other things. And it was like the whole thing was yeah. So what? They, they turned it into crap. They you know it's like, you know. <laughs> but so, the the diamond there was the Eucharist, and it's mm-hmm. arguable whether I'm right or wrong. It's arguable at least. That they took it out. The Eucharist was gone. Yeah. It was just a prayer that we all the, said together. You know, for us in America. Yeah. And that was the start of the real decline of the church. And it seems like his reintroduction to it, no, we don't have Youth Day like we did with JP2, but something is happening. Something pretty serious. Something in America right now. Deeper than Youth Day. Yeah, much deeper than you think. You think so, stupid. So that is because of Pope Benedict, number one, uh, because he changed the words of consecration to what they're supposed to be. Number two, because he gave us the motu proprio that, that enabled priests to say the Latin Mass without begging their bishops. And then he retired and gave us maybe... Maybe he didn't mean to, but he did retire, and he did give us a peek at just yeah. how much evil there is in the in, in, in the very top layer of the church. We no, had his, no his idea. His retirement was, was like a scalpel that opened up the skin of the church and let us see the cancer underneath. I mean, we got that right. What's that guy's name that uh, wrote that, uh, like, windswept, windswept house? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Malachi. Malachi. Martin. Yeah, we, read have you read any of his stuff? I have not. I saw a, a I saw a documentary about him, and um, he was just interesting enough for me to say, "Yeah, I got to read that." And but that's it. It's like <laughs> not to follow up yet. <laughs> I mean, whether or not, even if everything he said was true, mm-hmm. I I don't. I, for some reason, it just doesn't interest me because I yeah we already know how evil they are. That we don't need to know all that in order to know. I believe that they are satanic. When they brought false gods into the Vatican, that oh that was gosh. enough to convince yeah, me. I don't was, need to know anything else. It's a, it's a false mean, god. Like, that was the, the number one rule. That was the first yeah, one. I, I mean, that takes don't us worship right back anyone to the else. Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it it just we got a guy like that running around saying, "Hey, you guys don't know how bad it is." But now all red-pilled Catholics do know exactly how bad it is. And mm-hmm. we're wary of it. Anyway, we know not to trust our bishops. So 
That that is because probably of Pope Benedict's actions, and and we also know that God knows. Uh, yeah, because yeah. of the I mean, you know, what, what what we know, God knows. You know, when, when lightning strikes the Vatican he, on the day Pope Benedict announced his retirement, it just lets us know that hey, I'm there watching. Don't think they're getting away with anything. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So. There, yeah, there's all that. I we can't really just throw that away. And well, you know, I I just have mixed feelings about Pope Benedict. But no matter what, he made a huge change in the American Church. Anyway, yeah. Um, that I I don't think maybe somebody could have done it better. I don't know. But well, you know, like again, T- Timothy Gordon. Uh, brought up and, and, and um, Timothy Gordon seems a little bit bitter about what Pope Benedict might have done, but didn't, yeah. but he brought up about like Samorum Pontificum and, and said, Hey, you know what? He could have just decided to restore the traditional mass and get rid of the Novus Ordo. He, I mean, papally it's within his juridical powers to do that. Yeah. But here's the thing, and, and I didn't hear him discuss this. I don't know whether he's thought of this, but, but now that we know that there are evil cardinals in the church and high ranking evil, you know, prelates within the curia and all that kind of stuff. Now that we know what is there, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that if Pope Benedict had either expressed an intention to do such a thing or if he had just done it on its own, which, you know, you do that and then it, there's, there's got to be planning. There's, you know, it's yeah. got to be rolled out to bishops. There's a whole lot involved, a lot yeah. more than a Pope just making a statement. But whether he had just like done it suddenly or started making plans to do it and expressing intentions, something would have happened that he would have, Suffered a heart attack, yeah. been in an accident, something. He would have survived so. long enough to accomplish it. Yeah, I think and so. And the reason is, and we saw this, in fact, at his very funeral, the guy that was, you know, he knelt for Holy Communion to receive our Lord and yeah. was rebuffed by the priest. My at, goodness. At a Pope's funeral. My goodness. We know that these men in the church, including the current Pope, as far as we can tell, I can't read hearts. But I, I extrapolate from actions. That's all I can yeah. do. And based on actions, we know these men hate the mass. And I don't just mean that they hate the traditional form of the mass. They hate the traditional form of the mass because it expresses what the mass is. They want to turn the mass into something else. I believe they hate the mass. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. And that's why I think... The, that's the one thing that Pope Benedict probably went as far as he felt he could go without jeopardizing his own safety with Samorum Pontificum. It's possible he did more than, in doing what he did, it's possible he did more than he would have done if he had just eliminated the Novus Ordo or even laid oh, yeah, out yeah. plans. Right, that too. I mean, look how long it took to correct the damn words of Consecration. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it so, took him something 10, so obvious. When when did he become Pope? And and he started on this 
while JP2 was still in office. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was the, the prefect for the, the CDF or whatever. Uh, let's see. He became Pope in 2005. It wasn't until 2000. So six years after he was Pope, did he create, uh, correct the translation and mm-hmm. he started it under, I don't, I don't know when he started it, but I remember hearing about it when JP2 was still Pope. And I remember them talking about it and I'm thinking, well, that would be great. Then, yeah. the, then the trads wouldn't have this argument. And look how long it took. Yeah. And, and during that time, I got kicked out of the trad mass and, and had to every week sit there and listen to this. And boy, that bothered me. I thought, I just want, I want to go to communion and I don't think this is communion. That's what bothered me. And that would be, that, that, that would be a a different, different question. I'm going to sidetrack here a little bit. Let's suppose the words for the consecration of the host are right, but wrong words, incorrect and invalidating words are used for the consecration of the precious blood, but the priest means to consecrate them both. Would the host then be consecrated or is it an all-or-nothing proposition? All of my research took me to understand that they both have to be validly consecrated because For a priest one to be yeah because a priest it's, can't okay. just consecrate bread or wine. Okay, he has to have both there. So, if if those words were really invalidating for the consecration of the wine into the precious blood then we've had no Eucharist in the United States for a long time. That is sincerely up, up made that change. what I believe. And mm-hmm. at the time I believed it. And I was so happy my first time going to what I believed to be a valid Mass. And, you know, that's one of the things that I loved about Pope Benedict. Again, I was kicked out of the TLM. And... I was forced to endure these idiotic people with these stupid songs and these stupid felt banners, and I didn't even think I was going to a real mass. I don't. I. I mean, I think it's the grace of God that kept me from the SSPX during that mm-hmm. time, but um, the grace of God and mom. But <laughs> um, you know, I. I mean, that's so much of a bigger deal to me than. His motu proprio, but then again, his motu proprio is, it's like you said, okay, here's the thing. All he did was kind of loosen the leash so that priests mm-hmm. could say it more. Yeah. If he had tried to stifle the, uh, Novus Ordo, would, would the movement for the TLM have been as strong? Or is it, would everybody have gone kicking and screaming and saying this is stupid? Oh, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. I, we don't. I don't. It, it's all what ifs. But also, Pope Francis is trying to stifle the uh, TLM, and he's getting pushback from his own people. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees it for what it is, and it's bullying and it's tyrannical. Um, you know, it's, I keep thinking about this is because uh, Timothy Gordon talks about that one moment in the movie and the tyrannical Thesaurus Rex had just gotten loose. And here uh, Pope Francis is a tyrannical pope who has been let loose on the Catholic people. 
Um, yeah. I keep, <laughs> I keep imagining Pope Francis with real short arms and a great big mouth <laughs> eating all the... Eating all the TLMers. <laughs> see what one of your AIs can come up with. As I'm going to do that. Pope Francis is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Here's the thing: I uh, for this podcast, I I was trying to come up with a visual for uh, Saint John Bosco's uh, vision. Oh, right, right, right. The, and the actually, pillars and the ship under attack and everything. Yeah, I came up with some pretty cool stuff, but I'll yeah. have to Photoshop a little a bit of it to yeah. combine ideas. But uh, it is pretty neat. But I think uh, Pope Francis Tyrannosaurus Rex would be better for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Okay, he is he's doing the opposite, or he's trying to do the opposite of what we think Pope Benedict should have done or could have done. And he's not having a whole lot of luck. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of bishops are ignoring the Traditionus Custodes. Maybe not ignoring. I don't know. I I mean, most cities... You and I read it. Yeah, the way we we did. Because we went through it in our podcast and so you know, it it doesn't need to, to have the teeth that everybody is giving to it. Right. It just gives the teeth back to the bishops. Mm -hmm. So... The fact is, there are TLMs in most American cities now. Major American yeah. cities. So, you know, that still exists, despite what Pope Francis has done. And if he pushes harder, I think he'll get more pushback. Maybe not, I don't know. But as we've said over and over, the cat's out of the bag. He's not going to make it go away. There's just no way. And that's thanks to Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about all I have to say about that. I think I've said everything I have to say. All right. You know, we'll, the eternal rest granted to him, a yeah. Lord. Let the perpetual light shine upon him. We'll see what happens next. I don't know. We just keep going forward. Uh, so, in the news, I think this is weird. Okay, Canada enacts a new law prohibiting foreigners. Um, from acquiring residential areas in the country for two years. So you come into the area from outside, you got to live in Canada for two years before you can buy residential land? Like like before you can buy no. a house? No, I, I, I think what it is, well, maybe, okay, the way it's worded, it could either mean that this law is under effect for the next two years, or it oh, could mean suspend. immigrant... Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm not I sure it. here, um, but either way, it's something I wish America would do because we keep hearing about the Chinese interests buying up uh, real estate in America. It wouldn't make a difference. They would just do it through yeah, I, American yeah. citizens like Bill Gates. I, I, you know, they they already have their processes right. in place here. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I'll with bet the, the same thing's going to happen in Canada too. Probably. Um, let's see. Speaking. Okay, another thing. Australia and Canada announced that they will require travelers from China. Oh, Greece did too. Uh, to test negative for COVID nineteen in order to enter the country. That's because like it's rampant in China. 
Is it really rampant in China, or that's, is this that's just what I've heard? Like, in spite of that, you know, they've got their their uh, zero tolerance and their contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like they, from what I hear, they've got all these draconian rules and, and policies in place, and yet COVID is rampant over there more so than anywhere else in the world. I just that's what I've heard. I just don't. But you know, everything is so topsy turvy to us right now. A couple things come to my mind when somebody tells me that. Number one, I've had I've had several of the variants. None of them hit me as hard as the first one. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, even the first one, I was sick for a week or two, and then I got better. Yeah. Now I guess some people are like you know have the taste loss the loss of taste and things like that for a long time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm maybe I'm. A, it just seems like it's just a virus. But yeah. uh, number two, I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe they've lied about everything so far. I think that maybe they're using it as an excuse to enforce lockdowns in order to uh, so, control people like the- more. The Chinese government is claiming a lot higher rates than there really are to That's force what... lockdowns for their own people, and then people outside of China are using those same reports to say, "Oh, it's rampant in China." That's what I think. And then not only that, but we found out a long time ago that the COVID tests are not accurate. Yeah. So why are why are they telling us about cases when we don't even know how to test for it? Why aren't why why is it why don't the Chinese get the flu? Yeah, maybe they I mean, just the have only, the flu. The only test that's accurate is is the 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 PCR molecular test. I thought that wasn't accurate. That's pretty accurate. I mean, PC, you know, polymerase chain reaction is is a direct molecular DNA test or RNA test. Um, that will show positive or not for specific RNA or DNA chains. That's pretty accurate. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of another test. I don't know. But like the, I, the quick test, like like the one you get from the FDA like, or whatever it is, the, the government agent, you know, that shipped like mm-hmm. two of them to all American households. Yeah, that, that one isn't, um, you can't rely on that one. I thought that the guy who created the test has come out and said, no, you cannot detect and they did tests on things like, you know, everything, tap water. And oh, and it came out with... <laughs> na- yeah, positive I for don't COVID. think that's the PCR tests. I I, uh, I work in that field, so I know a little bit about how it works okay. and that kind of stuff. And, and well, I'm probably things. getting it confused with something else then. <clears throat> um, anyway, it's just... I, I, we've been lied to so much. I just don't yeah, trust anything China. anyone's saying. Now from, but you know, the thing from, is, from ours if too. Gonna, if China's going to claim that they have high rates, well then, okay, that's fine. You claim your high rates, and we will disallow you from coming into our country. I've got no yeah, I think that. that's good at all. That's good anyway. <laughs> I don't think we should let Chinese people here at all. Uh, I, I just, I think we should consider them a, an enemy to the state. I mean, given how China works, any Chinese citizen ought to be considered at least potentially considered a a government agent 
a government agent, not necessarily an enemy combatant, but an, an yeah, a a enemy, um, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. There ought to be a, a at least we ought to be looking very very carefully at every single individual Chinese you know person who is a citizen of China coming into the United States for any reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I just the whole thing. I just don't trust whatever I'm being told. Yeah. Concerning any of it. I mean that that's what has been proven in the last four years, three years is you really can't trust it. You know, that any given thing that you hear could be a lie, no matter how many different people say it, no matter how many government agencies say it, no matter, no matter how many news organizations say it, anything you hear could be a lie. Yeah. Um, okay. So Buffalo Bills are playing Bengals and, uh, I don't know this Safety from the Buffalo Bills. He doesn't actually get hit. He kind of he hits someone else, and then he and then he drops, and then he gets up, and then he falls over. Um, I mean, it looked like a heart attack. And from the reaction, I I was I don't watch games, but Vicky watches them, and she's looking at the reaction of the other players as they come over to look at him. And if you were looking at the other players see him, you would assume that he's dead already. But they keep working on him. They take him to UC. Um, I don't know why they took him to UC. Why didn't they take him to a better hospital? But whatever. They took him to UC. And um, so they're saying he's awake again. And the first thing he said when he woke up is... Uh, uh, did we win the game? But you know, when it first happened, everybody's saying, "Oh, this guy died because of the uh, vaccine." That's what everybody just assumes. That's what I oh, assume. Oh, I see. But I thought he was dead. dead. Uh, apparently not. But so I, had he okay, the here's the only thing. Recently, I mean, he had. Why did he they... had gotten a vaccine? They're not giving us a, a, a reason for the cardiac arrest yet okay. I think I think everybody knows it's the vaccine here's the thing I'm waiting for a video of him actually and maybe it's out and maybe I just haven't seen it but I keep hearing reports from other players from the doctors from his mom how come nobody has a video of him mm. that's what I yeah. want to know yeah let, let me see him awake because I'm I don't... I mean, even if it's just like sitting in a hospital bed, giving his mom a kiss or something. Yeah, I have gotten so used to not believing what they're telling me that I... I even I'm going to have to see him. I'm going to have to see him talking. A, a sports figure. Yeah. It's I'm going like to have to see him talking before I believe he's still alive. Because yeah. everybody on the field thought he was dead. So... I don't know. I mean, I hate to sound like that because it's like, okay, you're just wanting there to be a conspiracy. And I, I don't want that. I'm just saying that they've lied to us so much. I just don't believe it yet. Let me see them. Then I'll, then I'll agree. So we'll see what happens. I haven't seen any pictures or videos of him. Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, 
I go to UC a lot. I'm. Oh yeah, you do uh, machine repair there, right? Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, I'll have to go there and repair a machine. I'll do well, a covert operation. Say, hey. I'll sneak in and say, "Oh no, we're we're cousins." Get some. Get some. <laughs> He's a black guy. <laughs> I'm putting a black face. <laughs> we're cousins. <laughs> yeah, I'd get real close to him. Yeah. No, I I, I'd get away with it with blackface. He just likes look like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he really does. We have a cousin who looks like a white Snoop Dogg. Um, Actually, every time I see Snoop Dogg, I refer to him as Black Pee Wee. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's more what it's like. But um, I don't look at all like this guy. Um, he's a big old dude. Uh, so I was I just the the, what, the reason I started chuckling is is we ought to like just add like something to our. It, it would take too much energy. We can't really do it, but it would still be fun. If we had like a on our website for the podcast, like um, just kind of like a rolling thing of of just mundane news stories that we just challenge the veracity of. Yeah, yeah, because I challenge. It's like like what? a lot of these. I I, just, I don't know. Show me proof before I say. Mm-hmm. I hope the guy's okay. Uh, I question him. I guess. Maybe UC has more. I don't know. Have you ever yeah, been to I mean, UC? Be, but you would think, like you know, football player. Yeah, somebody's going to get in there with a camera. They're going to let somebody in from a, a think local so. station or something. You would think. UC is the most terrible hospital that you can imagine. At least their emergency room is. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go in there and uh, you could be bleeding to death. You're going to wait six hours. Oh my gosh. You, you go to one of the private hospitals like Good Sam or Mercy. Um, you know, you're in you're in and out in an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, UC is a nightmare. I just can't imagine them. But they do have the helicopter because they have government funding because it's a mm-hmm. school. So right. I see that. I just, if I were an NFL player, I'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? What? No, take me to the good hospital. Here. <laughs> I want to go to the good hospital. Ask a Cincinnati and which hospital they'll go to. None of them will That's say right. UC. Do you oh, well. guys have those uh, those billboards? Uh, I'm trying to remember where I saw them, whether it was in, in Cincinnati or up in Michigan or whatever. But you've got the various hospital ER, ER rooms. And I like somewhere where I lived for a little bit, you would you'd be dry and there would be a billboard. It's kind of like advertising a certain hospital, but it's showing the current wait time in their ER room. No, I've never on seen the billboard, that. like as a wow. live thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, if it's like, you... oh, wait a minute, you know. Get... But of course, the thing is, you got to drive past that billboard to know it. What would be cooler right. is if they're always sending that like over the air to like a an app, that, like ambulances could pick it up or something. Yeah, it's just an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, see, uh, that's how old school I am. I didn't go to the app, which is the more obvious. It's like, okay, see, wait I'll, a minute. I'll tell you what. Go over to, to um, good Sam. I mean, okay, here's the thing. If you have government insurance, like we do, you have a very hard time finding a, an adult doctor, at least here in Cincinnati. Oh, um, right. So, 
for say I got a cut on my hand and it's turning into an infection and it needs attention uh, or even you have some kind of say a sinus infection you go to UR urgent or urgent care okay you don't go to ER you go to urgent right. care or if if urgent care is closed then you go to ER but unless unless you have better insurance you don't have a doctor so um but Vicky has found that she'll call them and she'll just say hey what's your wait time like mm-hmm. and they'll say most people are waiting you know they'll they'll tell you if you yeah. just call the ER room and so she'll call around and she'll be like no let's not go yet let's wait till 10 and then call them again oh right and, right right i mean so, even if it's even if you end up waiting just as long it's more comfortable to sit at home and wait right right but uh you see a lot of times you can't do that they won't talk to you really they'll, they'll just be like no you know you need to come up and sit here in our waiting room which is like really tiny there's there's like gangsters walking around it, it's just the most it, it's not a good place nobody would want to go to UC anyway um, so they've started the 118th Congress um, without a speaker because oh, Kevin McCarthy can't and started the session right but he still can't he can't get the number, the right number of votes. Yeah, so, I wish they would I'm wait so until they glad. had a speaker. I kind of wish they would too. I think they should just shut it all down. Say no, nope, we don't do anything till we have a speaker. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the less Congress does, the better, anyway. Right, always. So, heck, I don't care if it takes a year. I always felt like that when when they got into those deadlocks over budgets and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, right. we're in deadlock now. We can't, you know, we can't so run what? the government. We don't have a budget. People are being shut down, laid off. Agencies shut it down. Are shutting down. Okay, shut yeah, it all down. It Let yeah. those, you know, furlough those people. Let them go find real jobs. Let's see. Yeah, how like lean the rest we can of us. The government. Yeah, and the, I think the record is 132 votes for Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. Oh, uh, they, okay. So. I don't know how many they've had. I, I At the end of Thursday, they had 10, I think. Yeah. And he lost all of them. And, but the thing is, they would have the vote, and then they would nominate Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy would get up and, like, like be all self-congratulatory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, hey, like yeah, he, and he clap for like himself. It's like, are, are, you a, are you an idiot? They just nominated you, and you just lost. Don't you get it? We don't want you. Oh, well. We'll see what happens. Um, okay. Have you ever heard of a game called Snooker? I S-N- have heard of it, but I don't know how O-O-K-E-R. it goes. K-E-R. Okay. The World's Professional Billiards and Snooker Association, which I guess snooker's a lot like pool. Must be a uh, pool ball game. It's, it, okay. it's a pool ball game. I had never heard of it. Anyway, they suspended a couple Chinese players uh, because it looks like they're part of a max a match fixing investigation involving huh. ten different Chinese players. So the Chinese players are fixing the games. I don't know how you. I mean, maybe you can lose to the guy you're playing, but so it the, isn't 
that is so that far the as the fixing guy can gets go. Against the guy you want or something? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you it's... can't make someone do better than than they could do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know how you fix a game. Maybe you, you tilt football, the tables. Like, well, okay, let's say like the the Buffalo Bills wanted to fix the outcome of of the. Um, you know, of the playoffs or something by losing to a certain team? Okay, Maybe the best team in the like playoffs that. presumably is still going to be the winner, no matter what they yeah. do. Yeah, so I don't I don't get that. I don't understand. But you know what? There's a lot about sports that I just don't know. So <laughs> I, I have to admit a similar ignorance. Maybe there's maybe, something Maybe I'm Timothy Gordon could clear that up for us. He's yeah. really into sports. <laughs> Probably not pool though, and certainly not snooker. Maybe <laughs> let's play a little snooker. That <coughs> just reminds me of Padiddle. Of what? Padiddle. Oh, Padiddle. Do you remember okay. Padiddle? I thought you said diddle. I diddle. I've never heard of that. Okay, Padiddle. Yeah, we used to play that as kids. Actually, you know, I'll still say that once in a while while I'm driving. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but here's the thing, uh, because. As kids, we would always say padiddle. Then, yeah. as teenagers, we found out it. If you're on a date with a girl, you, you would get a kiss for each padiddle you call. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's how mom and dad started playing it. Oh, shoot, but, man! But I was oh, watching. I missed out. King of the Hill, <laughs> and I think what it was is they would hit. Hank every time they saw, saw a padiddle. Oh, okay. Every time you saw a padiddle, you got to hit punch so, Hank in the arm or something. A <laughs> little bit different among, you know, carload of teenage boys, I suppose. Yeah, or a carload of girls and boys. Yeah. Um, for those still wondering, a padiddle is a missing headlight. So if you see a car with only one headlight on, you got a padiddle. That's a padiddle. If you but see a you know, those car are with two headlights out, you got a double padiddle. Yeah, because you get tickets. Right. Yeah, but they're a little bit, they crack down a little bit more. Yeah. And I don't know whether this is a real thing or if it's just something dad made up, but, but if it's a taillight, it's a peduncle. Yeah, peduncle and padiddle. I remember that. Uh, I don't, they only talked about padiddles on King of the Hill, though. I so, think that that's uh, why I always suspected that's something Dad just made up. You never know. <laughs> well, actors Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey, they starred in the 1968 film adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Okay. They're filing a lawsuit against the L.A. County... They're filing a lawsuit in the L.A. County Superior Court against Paramount Pictures for $500 million, alleging that they filmed them in the nude without their knowledge. So this, so this makes, picture, this movie featured them nude, and I they didn't, didn't know watch about it until now? I, I didn't watch the show, so I, I don't know if they're talking about like in the movie or was in it the just movie like they had or secret cameras in the locker room or something yeah maybe they in were the in the room. yeah in the changing room and and someone was filming them without they know they're knowing I guess that's that, the only I, mean, I that, don't know I mean Hollywood's such a nasty place anyway yeah I can see that but it's in 1968 why'd they wait so long 
Unless... I know. What, how did... Well, that's why I'm thinking, like, if it's because it was, like, it's not part Behind of the Behind the scenes. And yeah. they just learned about it recently. Or maybe there was a part of me where, like, they're like, okay, we're going to film this. You're going to be nude, but we're going to... We're only filming above your chest or something like that. You know what I mean? Something like oh, that. But then they actually filmed all of it. And, and maybe showed all of it in a follow-up director's cut or something like oh, that. Oh, that, yeah. And, and like, you know, after some, so long, I mean, nobody remembers the promise that, yeah, we're not going to show your whole body. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I should have found all this out before talking about it, but it's just a weird it, story. It is kind of weird being so long. From 1968, after. yeah. But you know what? Uh, I mean, if, if it's that, honestly, don't get nude in front of a camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If there's a camera there, keep your clothes on. Even if you're playing Romeo and Juliet. The Competition Commission of India rejects an appeal from Google uh, over its ruling in October that Google's dominant position in search engine market and control of the Android app store violated antitrust laws in India. I don't know what exactly they can do about that. And I don't know what Americans think they could do about it either. Yeah, that always bothered me. It's like, okay, so this is the app, this is the search engine, this is the store, whatever it is that everybody goes to. How how is a company supposed to be liable for that? I mean, if if they're doing things like um, sending thugs to burn down the offices of competitors so that they never get off the ground, okay, yeah. yeah. I get that, 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 you know, like, like Thomas Edison used to do. Yeah. But if it's just like, Hey, yeah, we played it real smart and we're the ones everybody likes. Not to mention they have a better search engine. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're the most, uh, popular because we're the best. Okay. That's, that's how it goes. What what exactly can you do about it? Yeah. I, I mean, it, they did something in America against uh, AT&T, and they basically turned AT&T into an even bigger uh, monopoly. I mean... Yeah, for a while. You know, I, I'll tell you what. If they want to take care of these problems, there's a couple easy things they could do. Number one... Um, Stop getting involved and stop protecting these companies from lawsuits. Yeah. Number two, um, they can let the copyrights and patents expire when they ought to, instead right. of making them last forever. The, the copyrights, especially. I mean, yeah. Go, go back to. But the patents, that was ATT. They had all the business because they had all the patents. But if the mm-hmm. patents expired in a few years, or say ten years after they started, uh, the the other companies can start using them, create competition, and what's more, uh, build on the technology, and it would everything would happen faster. Everything would would progress faster. We would have had the internet a long time ago if not for AT and T. I think. Yeah. But, but I mean, I I think the copyrights are more, more significant than the patents. Although within the I think time they are too, you're talking but, about because patents but both are, of them patents are twenty I mean, years. 
Are they 20 years? Yeah, I think they should be 10 years. Or like, yeah, because in today's age, 20 years is, is a huge amount of time. That's eons yeah. in terms of technology. Right. Copyright, though, on the other hand, is, is like, if it's a corporate copyright, it's 150 years. If it's a personal copyright, it's like 50 years after the death of the person or something like that. I, you know, And it keeps changing. Yeah. Yeah, they keep up there. Because Disney... Time, uh, well, it's every time, yeah, Mickey Mouse Every time Mickey Mouse runs out, then they... they change it. It's disgusting. But, um... Whatever. I, but, I don't know. You know I mean, what can is, they do about Google? I mean, Google's going to still be the top search yeah, engine, it, no matter what we. You just until somebody comes up with a better search engine, and I know everybody talk, you know, gives me all these other uh, search engines to use. They're just not as good. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. They're not as good. Oh well. Uh, following this, let's see. So Vladimir Putin announced a unilateral ceasefire from January 6th to January 7th in connection with the Orthodox Christmas. But Ukraine Ukraine rejected it, saying that they couldn't be trusted. So I guess since they rejected it, Russia went ahead and bombed the hell out of uh, Kramatorsk. Today? uh, I guess that would have been today, yeah. Or yesterday. This would have been the first day of the season. The thing is that, okay. I mean, what, yeah. is, what does it mean to reject a unilateral ceasefire? I guess, <laughs> well, they rejected the ceasefire, and that's what made it unilateral. Oh, okay. They invited Ukraine into a ceasefire to honor the the uh, Orthodox uh, yeah. Holy Week or whatever it is. And Ukraine said no. And, okay, so they said, all right. So, fine. <laughs> We're just going to bomb you anyway. Hi. Right. Happy Christmas. <laughs> According to a study, 95% of babies with Down syndrome in Ireland are aborted. Oh, wow. That's so bad. I just, I don't know. I have a new grandbaby. I just. I know. You can't imagine. It gets under like... my skin. Yeah. It's just, I, well, what if he did have Down? So what? I would still. Mm-hmm. It's just unimaginable. World Boxing Council is going to prevent gender-confused athletes from fighting the opposite sex. It sounds pretty good. But Does it mean what it sounds like it means? I guess, yeah. Okay, no, you can't... Guys can't go fight girls just because they think they're girls. Just because they're gender-confused. That's Did they use... Did, did the council use the word gender-confused? That That's awesome. Yeah. Just the use yeah. of that term, gender confused, gender confused, is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know if they did. This is from LifeSite News. Maybe oh, that okay. was theirs. Could be. Uh, yeah. Well, I t- but here's the thing. I don't. Okay, first of all, if a woman thinks she's a man and wants to get in the ring with a man boxer, I say, hey, if you're that dumb. I think he'll knock some sense into you, you know? I mean, let him, let him, let her. Yeah, but the council, the the boxing council is a franchise, for lack of a better word, that, uh, I, I mean, you've got to understand it as a business. You're, you're providing sport entertainment for people, and... That's not entertaining. You've got to you've got to uphold the uh, I don't know the legitimacy of the matches. 
I guess and, so. And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, I never really found it entertaining anyway, but I used to find it entertaining before it was so corporate controlled, but, mm-hmm. um, okay, I guess I can see that. It's just that a lot of people would find that entertaining. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why. Go on, watch this woman get pounded because she thinks she's a man. Yeah, I mean, some guys would think that's hilarious. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, I mean, think about the schoolyard. Okay, you know, you've got the 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 scrawny little kid with glasses, and you know, you go and beat him up, and you come back to everybody and say, "Hey, I beat Ralph up." Oh, you beat Ralph up? You're so you're what? A yeah, dweeb you're then. bully. You're a wuss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Why you got beat Who up would on a little box kid? A woman? Yeah, I would think no one. So, but what about yes, yes, men? She wouldn't get any matches accepted. <laughs> Probably, but also what mainly they're blocking is men who think they are women who want to go fight, fight women. women. Well, I can kind of see that. It's just that doesn't doesn't the manager don't these women have managers who arrange yeah, the who fights? Arrange their fights and, and, and say and, you know. No, we're not. That's idiotic. You're not going to fight her. She's a dude. <laughs> but it's happening because because this guy is going in as a woman and beating the hell out of girls. Well, why I, do the managers don't, allow that? Yeah, that's terrible. It's like that's stupid. I I'm I don't know. The whole thing is dumb. I don't even think it's that big. And of a why story. do the women think they're going to beat him? Yeah, are they that dumb? I, I, yeah, mean, I, I mean, what other they, word is there for? You really think you got a chance here? But oh well. I mean, at least they would maybe try to fight a couple men, like in sparring matches first, to mm-hmm. see. Oh, is this really possible? Oh, wait a minute, this is. I'm outclassed here. Or maybe okay. Let's say women who trained for ten years and spend all their time and energy building up muscle. Uh, Maybe they spar with a guy like me, where, um, you know, I, I, my biggest exercise is lifting up a typewriter, but even then, I, see, even then, I still think I'd win, but maybe I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think you would. (laughs) If, if I did, they, uh, even if I won, it wouldn't be, uh, as hard as it would be. To go up against a guy who actually is a trained fighter. Right. So right. maybe they're sparring really weak men and they think, and yeah, I can do this. They can beat men. Yeah, that's... that's Maybe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Um, I got a lot of gender confusion stories here. Uh, California's transgender sanctuary law takes effect for kids seeking... Uh, Chemical and genital mutilation. So in California, let's say um, I have a daughter with uh, my... I divorce... I have a daughter and me and my wife get divorced. And my daughter wants to become a man. She can get my ex-wife to agree to take me to California against my will to cut her boobs off. Wouldn't you know? the state you live in have something to say about that? That's what they're saying is that they are going to ignore those situations oh, and not... That's why they're calling it a sanctuary law. So I guess they wouldn't extradite 
a woman who, right? I don't know what how it is in different states. In Ohio, um, you can't even leave the state with your ex's kid without permission. Yeah, I mean that's like, that's one of the things about the the custody arrangements. If you get a yeah, divorce, your ex wife can't even go to Kentucky if you don't have full custody. Then, yeah. So, uh, it's terrible. Um, New York becomes the sixth state to legalize human comp- composting. Oh my god! This is such a dumb, weird thing. It is. Are there that many bodies that we need to do compost with them? Yeah. I mean, what about? Besides, you don't compost animals anyway. That's the other thing. Is that I? I mean. You know, I've started compost piles, and you don't put meat in it. Yeah, you put plants. As a matter of fact, if you put meat in it, you're not going to get you're not going to get worms and stuff like that. What you're going to get is rats and uh, coons and maggots yeah. and other nasty things. So Very the whole thing is stupid. Yuck! And I'll bet that they use up a whole lot of energy. In order to turn a human being into something that can be composted. You Could know what I mean? Extremely non-green. Yeah. Non-eco-friendly. I'd bet anything that's the way it is. And it's being advertised as being green, but it's just so stupid. Yeah, like Soylent. Yeah, Soylent Green. They're eating people. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. I did the... Uh, I gotta go watch that movie again sometime. <laughs> You know, watch the Barney Miller where uh, he comes in, he's like, um, he was up on, Fish was like, I was up all night, I watched a movie where they were taking old people and turning them into crackers for the young people. And he sits there and he says, it wasn't so much how you're doing that, but the way they explained it, it made sense. <laughs> I love that show. I don't know why I like that show. Most people have never even seen it, but to me, it's one of the funniest shows. You know, it was on like once a week when I was a kid for a while, and I always enjoyed watching it, even though I yeah. probably didn't understand like like seventy percent of it because I was a kid. Yeah, my wife despises that show. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Let's see. German priest is punished by his superiors for preaching against gender ideology. Uh, let's see. Which superiors? Uh, Benedictine Tolly Abbey. I'm not even going to try to say that name. Forbade him from performing pastoral activities in the area surrounding the Abbey. Wow. And announced that the Abbey will commission an ecclesiastical investigation with an analysis of the sermon text and intercession prayers. Oh, my gosh. You know, that's the thing. I mean... I, I yearn for the TLM, uh, I know, where that's... there are no intercession prayers. But the whole thing. Well, speaking of uh... yearning, <laughs> I uh, I drove through uh, Sugar Creek, Ohio today. It's it's uh, what do you call that? People who don't have electricity. Amish town. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Um, I. That is the most beautiful part of Ohio that I've ever seen. Um, I mean, 
As I'm driving through, I just kept thinking, I wish I could live here. I kept yearning. And I kept thinking about the Seinfeld where Kramer, Kramer had George at the, at the, uh, table and he kept saying, do you yearn, George? Do you yearn? And George kept saying, I don't, I don't, I crave. <laughs> I kept thinking, I yearn for this. Now I know what yearn means. I want to be here forever. It is such a nice area. And it's not because they're Amish. They just happen to own a giant a really plot cool part of, of really nice thing. Yeah, it's yeah. rolling hills and it's just really nice. Um, speaking of uh, land, record number of polar bears shows that the climate zealots' <coughs> predictions about polar bears were greatly exaggerated. If it's a record number of polar bears, Isn't then it's not like, exaggerated. That's just it's lie. The opposite. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, they're completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. They, I remember watching those. Yeah. They lied so much on all those nature shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the one where they showed, like, these walruses gathering up in great big pods. And they tried to make it like they were so numerous that they ended up on top of this cliff. And then they tried to find the water and just wiggled themselves right off the cliff which they were doing but it had nothing to do with the number of walruses Walruses. there yeah it was uh, apparently and they didn't tell you this but uh, I guess there were some records of it somewhere Um, some elephants came and scared the walruses up this cliff and once they were up there they couldn't get down (laughs) Well, you know, you know but, the. Uh... But they showed it, and they're they're like, and they're they're, like the the filmers are like, well, if people only knew how bad this is, if people only knew how bad this climate change or whatever is, I'm like, this, this. <laughs> the, the way they do these so videos. This has nothing to do with climate change, but you know the game Lemmings. Uh, yeah, where you had to you had to try to. I can't remember what it was. Did you did have you, to get them off the cliff, or did you have to save them? You have them? to, like, get them somewhere, but you have certain ones that you can assign, like, put a bomb on one another thing. Well, yeah. and, and, and it's derived from the idea that the animal, lemmings, which is a real animal, that they go in these, like, massive suicide runs off these, you know, cliffs. Um, well... <laughs> I haven't researched this to, to verify it, but what I heard is that that reputation of the animal actually comes from uh, some films that were made by, I think it was a Disney filming crew that was filming these lemmings. But what was happening is that the crew were kind of chasing the lemmings and the lemmings were running from the crew and they ran off the cliff. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that the whole lemming idea of mass suicide is a complete lie. Just completely false, yeah. Hey, Sam. 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 He's got his headphones on. He can't hear me. Sam! Throw something at Sam. him. Sam. Shoot. Are you playing a game? Yeah. Oh. What's up? When you get done with your game, can you start a pot of coffee? You can wait till the next game. All right. Thanks. Everybody, I'm... I'm not the only coffee drinker here anymore. So yeah. I can occasionally say, Ask hey, can you go start, start a pot? pot. <laughs> um, 
You know those Crocs shoe, the mm-hmm. goofy. I don't yeah, even know the what they're. Like, they're not a shoe. Rubber looking. I don't know. They're more like yeah. a half sandal, half. I don't know. Yeah. They're sponsoring a children's drag show. Oh my gosh. Of some sort. Yeah, it's disgusting. Here's the thing. I'm glad it happened. I always thought Crocs were gay. Stupid. I hate them. <laughs> They're so stupid. Especially Stupid. on men. I don't like I don't them on women reasons. either. Don't wear Crocs. But they support Yeah, now drag I can say you shows. support dra- uh, children's drag shows when you wear Crocs. <laughs> but I always thought they were gay. Yeah. Um, citing the right to privacy, the South, uh, South Carolina Supreme Court strikes down a heartbeat uh, bill. So, I mean, they're going back to... I Unless... I, I wonder if the right to privacy is in the Car- North Car- South Carolina... Uh, like a state constitutional thing? Yeah, if it's a... Con- if, or I wonder if they're trying to... It must be. They wouldn't what be... What does that mean, a right to privacy, and how does that relate to killing your kid? That's See, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that was okay, I've got dumb. a kid. Oh, you don't have a right to come in here and confirm that I'm feeding my kid right because I have a yeah. right of privacy. That I mean, that but that you makes tell the sense. social workers that, right? And see how far you get. Exactly, because they're invading homes all the time. Hell, in Kentucky, it's a big, it's a big scam. I mean, they're taking kids away from poor families all the time just to give them to richer families. But they've got this whole foster care ring set mm-hmm. up wow. where they keep getting more and more money for having more and more foster kids, which means they have to take more and more children away from away their parents. From parents. It's bad in Kentucky. Wow. Uh, it started to get bad in Ohio. If I understand it correctly, it's not quite as bad. Mm-hmm. It never got as bad as it did in Kentucky. But um, anyway, uh, South Carolina strikes it down, uh, citing a right to privacy. However, I, I, the governor there is going to keep going on it. Um, That's what I say. Even if the court strikes it down, keep enforcing it. Let the court mm-hmm. adjudicate every single individual case, but keep prosecuting. That's that's how I think they should do it. Yeah. Um, Idaho, however, upholds the all state abortion ban. Good. Maybe I'll move to Idaho. Uh, God will smile on that state. You know, I I wouldn't mind living in Idaho, but I I gotta be, tell you, I I think I could be fine in Kentucky or Ohio, in the hilly areas of Kentucky mm-hmm. or Ohio, maybe Indiana. But I really like this region. I, I don't think I'd ever want to move away <laughs> the from the Amish this region. region you went to. Well, not just that, but I do a lot of cross-state, uh, cross-state mm-hmm. traveling, yeah. and 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 I get to see a lot of these hilly areas, not like mountains, like in West Virginia, but just rolling hills. Yeah, I, I just I love it. I like the scenery. I like the the wildlife. Uh, I, I I don't think I'd want to move away from this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I I went to. California and Texas in the past couple months and I notice something if you look at their mountains and their hills I, I guess maybe certain parts of the year they're green but they're just brown 
Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you know, in like Arizona and stuff, people don't even have lawns. Yeah. Their front lawn, their front yards are like rock gardens instead. You have no idea. I, it, I never appreciated the wildlife and the greenery in, all, in in our area until I went to those places. And I saw these hills. It like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. it looks cool. Nice scenery. But it's dead. It's dead. And in Ohio, heck, even in the winter, but certainly every time but the winter, there's no such thing as dirt. It's weeds. Yeah, that's you know, right. Life is it like grows everywhere in this region of the United States. Yeah, you, you, you got to cut your lawn constantly. The only thing you can do is replace it with other life. If you don't want weeds in your yard, you've got to have grass. Right. But if there's a little crack in the sidewalk, guess what you got? You got weeds and grass growing <laughs> yep. up there. It's just everywhere. And the hills are just covered with trees. And it's yep. just, I, I appreciate that now more than ever, having been to some of these other states. Uh, CVS and Walgreens are planning to dispense the abortion pill after Biden FDA loosens the restrictions. Oh my gosh. So let's hope so that we'll not be if, shopping at CVS or Walgreens anymore. Yeah. And, and let's hope if Biden does loosen those restrictions, um, that state laws will take effect concerning abortion pills. Yeah. I mean, I would think that states could make laws over this stuff. That's right. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't, Okay, I stopped going to CVS because they don't sell tobacco. Mm-hmm. I don't buy tobacco at CVS. It just bugs me that the drugstore used to have cigarettes, and you and can't buy cigarettes anymore. there anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not even going to buy stuff here anymore. But Walgreens, I've heard some things about the way they treat their employees oh, yeah. that I really don't like. But I have, an, I have this weird... Okay... The Walgreens close to us. Um, we thought that going to Walgreens instead of a local pharmacy, we'd be more guaranteed to get the medicine we need because right. Vicky's on Vicky's on pain pills that she's been prescribed for over ten years now. Uh, when you take a, an opiate for ten years, you can't just stop taking it. No, you got to draw down. Yeah, I mean, maybe you won't die, but go through it and then tell me how. Yeah, you want to. So, and and the way they restrict these things, she has exactly enough pills until the next refill. Oh wow! What happens if there's a a a supply problem? You you you're fighting, and I I you know I personally I think maybe. Some of these heroin problems are from things like that. Mm-hmm. Because there be paperwork problems and stuff like that. But this Walgreens pharmacist says to her, uh, he says, okay, we don't have enough to fill your prescription. Uh, we can do half of it. But then you'll have to get your doctor to write you another prescription. She's like, no, that you can't do that. Uh, the doctor already prescribed. <laughs> yeah. If if you don't have it, then give me half and fill the other half later. And when he says, no, it. we can't do that. 
Um, wow. What 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 this boils That's... down to is this pharmacist was trying to steal her pills. Oh, that makes sense. He's and he was them. trying to convince her that 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 this is just some kind of policy because he like, was going to report it as a full scription fulfillment, right? And then right. turn around and, and sell them. Oh, wow, that is so bad. I mean, this is Walgreens. This is Walgreens. And it's like, yeah, wow. She went over what I mean. She wrote down everything he said and then called her doctor and said, this mm-hmm. is what this guy's saying. And the doctor said, he's stealing them. Oh, well, at least her doctor's smart enough to know that. Yeah. But, I mean, we decided we're not going to go to Walgreens anymore. But it's just yeah. so surprising that someone at Walgreens, such a big company, something mm-hmm. like that can be overlooked <clears throat> so do easily. That. Yeah. But, oh, well, I don't go to Walgreens. And now I have a better reason, reason not, not to go to, to Walgreens. Yeah. yeah. They kill babies. At Walgreens and CVS. Uh, that's all my news. All right. That was a lot of well, news. Well, I got a little bit of news. Uh, not much. So this one is, it's not new news, but it I learned about it from a personal interaction. Um, Best Buy. So here's the thing. I think they're going the way of Blockbuster. I was in Best Buy the other day. And I bought like a TV remote and some batteries or something. So I, you know, I got the counter, yeah. I paid for it. Like I said, and the guy, you know, is there anything else or something like that? Um, I said, well, I'd like a bag. He said, oh, we charge for bags now. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, I like, I barked down a laugh. I'm like, what? You charge for bags? And I think he was really offended that I laughed at him because he got like that, that, you know, that really like serious. Yes, we charge for bags now. And I, I on the on my way out, I even passed another woman who's kind of like walking into the line where the you know the checkout counters and, and I even laughed, you know, it. not at they the, for to bags her. Now. I said, "Hey, did you know they charge for bags now? Isn't that silly?" And she's like, "No, I yeah. didn't know." <laughs> but anyway, the thing is, they're billing it as a uh, environmental thing. Oh my gosh. But I don't. I don't care what their financial statements say. I know that you got to file financial statements if you're publicly traded, which I assume Best Buy is and stuff like that. I don't care what their financial statements say. If they're doing this, it is a desperate attempt to save money. Yeah. I think. I think Best Buy is going to be going out of business the way Blockbuster did. Um, Blockbuster never charged for bags. Blockbuster didn't even bother charging for bags, but Blockbuster was just hit by the whole streaming industry. They didn't keep up. They had a streaming service for a little while, but they just couldn't quite. Yeah, it's you know, strong. they were a behemoth. They were a, they were a, they were huge, and they just couldn't transition as as fast. They weren't agile enough with the changing technologies. They were really Blockbuster, good in their day, but yeah. you know, you got to keep up. Blockbuster gave me a family. Gave you a family. Oh, you met yes. your wife there, didn't you? Yeah, I was at, uh, we were both assistant managers, young adult, mm-hmm. late teen, I can't even remember. And, uh, yeah. So, but, all right. So, block, Blockbuster is I have more well regarded than Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. But Best Buy is on the ropes. <laughs> and also, like, Blockbuster, I mean, bags. <laughs> if you remember, Blockbuster had, I mean, it's, it's not like they screened out nudity or anything, but whereas, what was the other one? Videotown? Videotown had an adult section, and Blockbuster did not. 
There was another uh, video place that had an adult section too. Uh, it wasn't Video Town, but it was like like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Blockbuster didn't. I mean, Blockbuster, yeah, they had their R-rated movies, but they didn't have right. an adult section or you know what what would have been you know disallowed right. the R ratings you know because they're but too explicit or whatever. Yeah. So this is kind of weird. So in in the United Kingdom, people started getting these, or this, you know, I think a bunch of people got them. But the, it's talking about the one guy. Um, he got a message from his doctor's office saying that he had aggressive lung cancer. This was on Christmas Eve. Wow. Um, he wasn't the only one to receive it. Uh, Began thinking it was some kind of a joke. About 20 minutes later, um, the same number sent out a message. Please accept our sincere apologies for the previous text message sent. There has it, This has been sent in error. That's weird. <laughs> our, our message to you should have read, We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> I got we a meant text to say messages. Merry Christmas, but instead we said, You have aggressive lung cancer? I got one that said you have uh, non-aggressive lung cancer. <laughs> yeah. Thing and is, so, <laughs> I wonder how they made that mistake. I, exactly. Or if it was like somebody in the company did it, like as a revenge burn or something like that, and then they realized it right away, and they said, "All right, we can't." We can't tell them that an employee grabbed all these numbers and sent out a text. And Ted, instead, would just say, this was a mistake. We meant to say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the organization itself refused to take any questions. Um, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of them stories that I doubt. Yeah. Did, did it really happen? I mean, it may have happened, but it but, it, it wasn't a mistake. There, yeah, no, somebody's no, hiding that's... something. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Well, I guess the initial message that the one that was falsely telling people they had lung cancer was also asking them to fill out a certain form that allows people with terminal diseases to claim benefits. And there were some people who received that message who were expecting to get benefits. Now, here's the thing: to me, this is bigger than this. Oh, a bunch of messages mistakenly went out. Yeah. Take the case of one person who has been diagnosed with lung cancer. Is a text message the right way to tell them? Yeah, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. You've been I mean, diagnosed you, with lung cancer. Wouldn't your doctor call you into his office? Okay, we got to talk about your test results. Sit down. Yeah. I want to have a discussion with you. I want you to know that, you know, we're here to support you, but I have bad news. That's what they, that's how they do it in England. Well, that's how they do it in the United States. Oh, you mean the no. text messages? How they yeah, do it? Yeah, they just send a text message in England. That's how <laughs> you've got. That's how great their healthcare system is. Please make and you know everybody who wants government healthcare, government run healthcare. That's what you can expect. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, the fact that anyone could send a message like that out, it just tells you there's something wrong with this whole dang thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay. Right. My next one is also kind of a medical one. So, a few weeks ago, um, no, I'll back up a little bit more. A few, well, a couple months ago, maybe. Um, my sister-in-law had her hip replaced, and the replacement, the, uh, I guess the doctor wasn't clean when he sewed it up or whatever. She got a really, really bad infection, so bad that, that they were, you know, the hospitalist, when she went back in, was telling her husband, you know, you need to say some prayers. They opened it back up. They had to replace one part of the replacement hip, clean out a lot of infection, put her on a bunch of antibiotics, and eventually allowed her to go home, But but she still had, you know, these, like, intravenous antibiotics she was she had to take and that kind of stuff she had a nurse visiting and so forth well apparently those hit her kidneys real hard to where her kidney functions went down and she wasn't feeling good her heart started having problems well she went into the hospital this is shortly before christmas her uh husband of course you know took her in and that night, it, you know, she, she went into the one hospital that they said, oh, we're not equipped to deal with this. We need to transport her to this other hospital. He drove there. Finally, they let him in to see her, even though it wasn't visiting hours. He was, you know, real miffed that they were saying, oh, you can't visit now. She's just being admitted right now. Anyway, <clears throat> that all happened. In one night, he finally went home, got home around 3 a.m. And at 7 in the morning... He got a call, and the guy on the phone said, this is so-and-so, I'm the chaplain for this the hospital, and yeah. I just wanted to call you and let you know that I've spoken to your wife, and we've had some good talks, and she's ready to meet the Lord. He said that? Like, right out of the blue. And he's like, what do you mean? I just, you know, he's wondering what's going on, and, and the guy... Eventually, it came out, he said, oh, yeah, I've been talking to her over the last few days. And he's like, wait a minute, I only took my wife into the hospital last night. And so the guy's like, wait, who are you? He told him, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I've got the wrong family. Wow. (laughs) But can you imagine getting that call in the morning? Okay, I want you to know I've spoken with your wife. She's ready to meet the Lord. She's ready to meet the Lord. Even if, uh, even if. What is that? Is that like assisted suicide or something? No, 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 no. It was it was somebody who was going into hospice who was very terminal and the this chaplain was was just helping her, you know, prepare so that she her you know, her spiritual affairs would be in order. Mm, not not any yeah. kind of that kind of thing. But but the thing is, like the mistake almost almost put him into the hospital too. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. No, in fact, this in this case, it wouldn't have been something like that because it was a Catholic hospital. It's Franciscan uh, here in Indianapolis, yeah. um, which is is kind of a cool hospital. I mean, they've got you know the, these things all around the hospital where you can put prayer requests. They come on the speakers once in a while with like a prayer and meditation. Every single hospital room has a crucifix over the door. Um, yeah, kind of neat know. in I that just... way. Still. What's that? You're still. Your wife is prepared to meet the Lord. I know. It's like, wait. wait. Even if, 
even if he did have the right guy, it's just a weird. Well, yeah, I know. Thing it's to like, say. yeah, you, you don't. That's again. Why would you do that over the phone? Say, hey, yeah, I want you to know I've been talking to your wife, and you know, I, I, I think we're you know, she's ready to die. She's so. very peaceful, and and she's okay I, with dying. You know, let's let's get together. I think you should be with her, or something like that. Yeah, but, I, don't I don't know. know. It's weird. <laughs> All right, uh, my last one. Um, so, you know that Tasmanian devils are a real thing. Yeah. Okay, and I guess they're an Australian thing. I didn't realize that. But this woman in Australia has a like a, a plush Tasmanian devil toy. You know, like we have teddy bears, you have a teddy Tasmanian devil or whatever. Yeah. That is a toy for her dog. And... One evening, she let her dog out to do his business. When he came back in, um, after some time after he came back in, she saw what she thought was the toy laying on the ground or the floor. She went to pick it up, and it scurried away from her under her, uh, I think under her couch, it said, or something like that. No way. <laughs> it was a real one? What, a real one must have followed the dog back in or something. <laughs> wow. A real Tasmanian devil in your house. Came into the house. <laughs> I didn't know those. It says here they're uh, marsupials. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I did not know they're marsupials, right? And apparently the world's largest carnivorous marsupial. It's so weird that all the marsupials seem so distant from each other. From I know. a koala, a possum... Tasmanian devil, apparently, and a kangaroo. That's the weirdest like, group of animals that could be put together but, that I can think of. They're, think they're nothing the only, like each um, other. The only thing that, that makes them a marsupial, as I understand it, is that they've got a pouch in their belly for their young. Yeah. Just like, I mean, you, think of like how different various mammals are, but the only thing that makes them mammals is... Mammary glands that they nurse their young. Yeah. So it's kind of, I think it's kind of like that. Have you ever seen a possum with young in its belly? No. In fact, I've never seen a possum and realized that it had a pouch. Uh, and I never even realized possum were marsupials until I watched the one episode of uh, Wild Kingdom where they talked oh, about Oh, okay. Well, I was, uh, I used to deliver Sunday morning papers and it was like at two in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and one yard I walked into had a dead possum laying there and, uh, coming out of its belly were like three or four baby dead possums. Oh, wow. It was the grossest thing I've ever oh, seen. That is so gross. So, so you whatever think... killed the possum killed the babies too? I guess so. But, I mean, you think when you see a possum, oh, that's the grossest thing in the world. And yeah. then you <laughs> yeah, see life something grosser. Is gross enough. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. Ugh. Gross, gross. Okay. I got nothing else news-wise. Well, that's good, because we're at two hours. And I, I did make a kind of a cool picture of a Tyrannosaurus Rex Pope. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think we'll put Francis. that on. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's not like Pope Francis Tyrannosaurus Rex. I can't get it to combine Pope Francis. Oh, the two. With, okay. Yeah. Well, 
I do have a Bible trivia. Okay. Let's see if I can do better on this one than the last one. I should have known that, Naomi. Because <clears throat> I, I was even talking about that back when my daughter was talking about names for her baby. And I said, hey, Naomi's a nice name. And I now was even thinking of it, the biblical name. And, and Anyway, so I just rolled a five. And five is one, two, three, four, five. Numbers. So numbers from the Bible. How many pieces of silver did Judas get for betraying Jesus? Three-o. That's right. We all know 30. that one. Yeah. 30 pieces of silver. You know, we we had the, um, earlier we had the question, how many pieces of silver did uh, did they sell uh, Joseph uh, for? Joseph. And that was 20. Yeah. 20 for Joseph. 30 for 30 Jesus. 30 for Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, that was an easy one. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, think about what we said. Uh, keep Pope Benedict in your prayers, but more than anything, pray for our church. We yep. are at the mercy of Pope Tyrannosaurus Francis, and we don't know what he's going to do. But, hey, we can trust in God. That's right. And I don't think we have to worry about it. So, uh uh, think about what we said, and as always, go raw and circle the beads. All right, bye, bye, bye folks. folks.